Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. It is time for the X-Files, and I get excited about this show with my co-host, Tim Moore, and also Duck Riley. Duck, how are you, sir? Doing well, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll wait for Tim to get in here. He's trying to adjust and get into a less noisier place. Let's welcome in the panel. Steve Thornton, how are you? Greetings to you all. It has been a while, but... uh... Glad to be here. <laughs> it's glad. It's awesome to have you. It has been a while. You sound the same, though. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome to have you. Hold on right there, sir. Let me welcome in Carlos Bradley. How are you, sir? I am tremendous. Hope you all are the same. We are. I am. As long as Duck doesn't talk about West Virginia anything tonight, we are going to be good. How about that? All right. All right, let's welcome in one of my favorites, Ricky Porter. How are you, sir? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> oh, see that? You, you start before I even get on there. Hey, Princess, how you doing? What's up, fellas? How you doing? All right, Ricky. Awesome. <laughs> you can't say, oh, boy. I don't know what's wrong with you, Duck. Let me welcome in Tim Moore. Tim Moore, how are you? I'm doing fine, Princess. Awesome, awesome, awesome to have you. Let's see who else we got here. Let's get tall, light-skinned brother. How are you? What's going on? What's happening, family? Glad to be here. We got the crew. We got the crew. The band is here. The band is here. All right, Duck, Tim. All right. uh, Let me get started, and I want to start with you, Ricky, because I want to talk about how how much the league has went through a, a, the passing game and seems like the fullback, you know, has been basically eliminated. Now they're, they're trying to do the same, almost do the same with the tailbacks or the running backs and and come to mind as Barkley, Pollard, and, and Jacobs. Kind of, you know, give us your opinion of basically what's going on. Well, Doug, to be honest with you, I think it stemmed from, you know, probably at the close to the middle to the end of our careers when they started, you know, the run and shoot and the run and gun and the pistol and and doing all this. uh, The really, during our time, I think the fullback was becoming obsolete, you know, and, uh, you know, you very seldom even drafted a fullback. You probably, when you need to, to get a few yards, you put a tight end in the backfield, or if you had a larger running back, you might put them there. But it's, it's getting to a point to where now you're even you're flanking out the, the, the running backs. You know, the running backs in, are pretty much receivers now. Um, and uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, I kind of, you know, when they started doing that with us back in the day, I kind of liked it because, you know, I get to do a little bit of both. But it, it's really taken away from the, the running game, the pure running game, and, you know, ground and pound and, and, and moving the ball that way. And um, 
you know, I don't have a preference, but I think I would really have, a, we would like to see a little more running and the, the true natural running back, our formation, you know, split there, you know, um, things like that to where you could, you, you know, you let these running backs showcase their skills uh, and show their talents back there. So I think that's what it's, it's going to now. Everybody wants, and I think it might be because of the fans, you know, uh, they want to see a explosive, wide-open offense, and, and they think passing is the way to do it. Okay. Uh, coming to you, Steve, you, you're, you're a run-game type of guy. Uh, what are For your sure. thoughts about what's happening with uh, the running game now, the running backs, you know? My thoughts begin with the fact that, A, it's a copycat league. If somebody has some success doing something like uh, San Francisco really counted to me, was one of the first ones to do it, and then uh, Kansas City can do it. But when you can utilize the back as a receiver, and as as Ricky was just saying, uh, you know, people seem to like it. But you're right in your first statement, I am an old-school ground-and-pound type of guy. But I do believe in balance. And I think things are becoming a little unbalanced. And the scenario that I thought of right off the bat was it's third and one, third and two, and you throw a fade in the corner to a wide receiver, albeit he may be a great wide receiver. He may be six feet four. But the odds of that being successful time and time again to me are pretty low. I like the ability to be able to, on third and one, whether I'm in the middle of the field, on the goal line, to give that ball to my back and say, we need a yard, we need two yards. And if you're worth your salt to me in the NFL, you ought to be able to get that most of the time. With the off- if you, I mean, you've got you to have an offensive line, but I, I think, A, like I said, it's a copycat league. B, things are cyclical in the NFL. I think there will come a time again when people feature backs again. The way the Cowboys, I'm gonna throw this in. The way the Cowboys did Emmitt Smith, the way the Bears did Walter Payton, the way the Lions did Barry Sanders. It, it, that's fun to watch when you got a great back. And I think, to be honest with you, it's just as effective. And uh, to, to to throw back to some old school Woody Hayes, he said, when you throw the ball, three things can happen, and two of them are bad <laughs> because you can it can be incomplete. Or you can throw an interception. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I like to run the ball. I feel like the running backs right now are getting shortchanged because there are some great, not just good, great backs to me getting really snubbed. I see where owners have gone with it, though, you know. They don't want to pay them because after four or five years, a lot of backs do start to show some wear and tear. But I think it's I think it's fairly disrespectful to running backs what they're doing right now, and I would love to see some if someone if some team can say we are going to run the ball, and they're effective at it and they win with it. Other teams will do the same thing. I know that's a gross oversimplification, but I do think it will happen. Will happen. Okay, I want to bring Larry in. You kind of hear what Steve said. You hear what uh, what Ricky said. Uh, Where history repeats itself, you know, will we go back to the old school uh, pound running the football? What's your thoughts, Larry? 
everybody here on some some really good points, and you know this goes all the way back to '78 uh, with the rule changes, and they're trying the same thing with baseball too, with the speeding up of the pitching count and everything. Everything in America is you know very fast paced, uh, but you know when they changed the ten yard chuck rule back in '78 to you know five yards, where you can't hit a receiver the same. Uh, it changed everything. Um, I go all the way back to Eric Coriel, who probably, you know, again with Walsh was one of the first. If you don't have a running back in, in these games, and, and I think you mentioned this stuff, they are becoming obsolete. Um, and, and I think this is actually really pretty serious. Um, I think that they're probably, the NFL Players Association probably needs to address this. Uh, because most of these great running backs and some that we never even get an opportunity to see never even reach to their second contract uh, because they're, they have no value to these teams. You know, again, it's very easy. If we, go, if we go to New York and we watch the Giants and we watch what they did and Barkley sitting out while signing a, a below-average quarterback to this huge deal, and everybody on that team and in that city and even ownership knows the face of the team who has done the most for that team, um, I think we have some problems. And, and, and listen, if we really want to bring in some subtitles, uh, we're going to go back to quarterbacks not being allowed to be of color, being black. And if you look at all the running backs and, you know, who these things are happening to right now, there are no white running backs that, that, of substance that, that are having these, these issues. So, you know, I think this is really multi-layered. Uh, when you don't allow running backs who uh, the majority of a color. And, and again, uh, I think Christian uh, McCaffrey even said that this travesty. And by the way, he got his money. You know, we talked about there, there you know, there's not very many. Christian McCaffrey got his money. Um, so it's, uh, I, I think this is really multi-layered. I think that they think that we're indispensable. And I do believe the game is a better game with a running back. I don't know of any really good running backs here on with us, but I'm sure if there are any, they would agree. You need running backs for this game. If not, you're playing seven on seven uh, out in the out in the backyard. Uh, this is just running skeletons. So yeah, we we need running backs. They've always probably. I'm a wide receiver, and I always thought the running backs were the coolest uh, position on the field. Well, I want to let you know, Ricky Porter was a running back, so we we got an elite running back yeah. on here. All right, so okay. We, we, I know. We're, I, we're good. I heard you were tight end, right? Look, look, we, we're good. We got, we got it all covered. Uh, I want to bring uh, Tim in. Tim, and just kind of uh, talk about, you know, you Barkley, uh, Cook, you know, all of those different guys, Henry. So what what are your thoughts about that, taking a lesser player just just to say we have a running back? Yeah, they uh they have they have tremendously devalued the running back and uh I think like Steve uh mentioned it it has a lot to do with teams being unbalanced. Teams have gone so far to the past that they have um, sort of set a precedent for other teams because it is a copycat league um, that, you know, the passing game is really offense in the NFL and, and to some degree in college. Um, I think that 
part of it is too. Uh, somebody mentioned uh, the rule changes. Um, I think that has an awful lot to do with it. That you know, they used to be able to bump and run all the way down the field. Cornerbacks uh, could uh, could could really challenge receivers all the way down the field. Now you can't touch them past five yards. It's a penalty, and I, I kind of think that a lot of what happens with football and with other sports but particularly uh, with football so noticeable, is that um, they've changed the rules to favor the offense, to make it easier for you to score because they like high-scoring affairs. Basketball's done the same thing. You, 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 know, you hear people uh, talk about the 10-3 game being boring. Uh, they don't like defense, and um, everything favors the passing game. They've made it easier for receivers to catch the ball. Uh, and so teams just give up on the run game. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, I think, had a chance to change that equation with Derrick Henry a few years ago because he was just running through the league. However, they had no passing game to go with it. And, um, and so they weren't balanced enough to really win a championship. But I think if one of those teams with a great running back were to win a, a, a championship and do it in dominant fashion, we'd see the pendulum swing again. Uh, because to me, Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. He's he's a very very unusually special back, and for them not being not to be willing to pay him, even with the rules the way they are, he had forty percent of the offense. Um, it's just a little ridiculous. I think. Okay, uh, uh, Prince, uh, any comments on the running backs? <laughs> Really, I really didn't realize that um, we were sitting with Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, um, you know, and what's the other one that did not have Pollard. contracts? Tony Pollard um, yeah. didn't have any extensions over, over the off season. Um, I, I think the the biggest factor here, or one that's glaring, is that the franchise tag used to be worth fourteen million for a running back, and now it's at ten million. So um, the devaluing has started, or maybe we're in the middle of of it now. And I, I think we were surprised to see B. John Robinson go so early in the first round in the NFL draft, which is another, um, I, I guess, a, a mark to say, wow, we are here with where the running backs are not the biggest of deals. And we're not even talking about fullbacks, which I think has really, you know, um, the value of them has hit, we've seen that over the past four or five years. Um, um, but running backs, it's here. And I, and I agree with um, Tim in that the, the quality or the generational talent of Saquon Barkley, if he can stay on the field, he's had some health challenges, but had a really good year this past year. Um, and if he can't get an extension, who can? But um, I don't know who said it. Christian McCaffrey got his. What does that say? <laughs> hey, hey, Doug. Hey, Duck, can I add something to that? Yeah. The, I, I look at a situation when I was coaching with the um, Denver Broncos, and you couldn't find a more balanced offense than we had. It was exciting. You had Terrell Davis, who was a 2,000-yard a, a rusher. You had Ed McCaffrey and Rod Smith that were both, if they not weren't both 1,000 yard receivers, they were right there at it. And then you had a tight end, Shannon Sharp, was close to 1,000 yards. That, to me, was the blueprint of exciting football. And everybody, you're talking about Elway doing a great job of spreading the ball around. 
Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people look at that. The year we went, you know, two years in a row, we won back-to-back Super Bowls. And like I said, you had Terrell Davis, 2,000-yard rusher, two close to 1,000 yards, if not both 1,000-yard receivers. And I'm sure Shannon Sharp was pretty close to it also as a tight end. And so, I mean, to me, I think this league, it goes in cycles or circles or whatever. And I'm hoping it gets back to that. I hope they don't just fade out the running back because the fullback is pretty much gone unless someone revitalizes it and you start, like, when I was in Tampa Bay and I was coaching, like, Mike Allstock you had, um, and uh, Mike Carney. You had running backs like that, that fullbacks that were talented, could catch the ball, and they could run it. I don't know if those days are over, but I hope they're not. Okay, uh, I want, well, as far as Shannon, I, I'm going to contact Skip Bayless to find out if he got a thousand yards. So, but it is, he's just jealous. He's just jealous. <laughs> Only, you, break, Only you, Doug. Only you. break Carlos in. Carlos. Doug, I thought you had forgot about me, Doug. No, no, no. I saved the best for last, man. The, uh, the, it, will the NFLPA, will they, is that something that they would bring up in a meeting or that's something they, they don't deal with? It's not really something they would bring up in a meeting, but I, I think the real issue here, bottom line, is money. And the decision has been made by the owners. Which way? It's kind of like okie doke, Duck. It's got. There is no way to control a game better than with a running game. If we look even at the Kansas City Chiefs, we we look and say, oh, look at this prolific offense with the throwing. The way they controlled the ball was giving the ball to that little running back last year when it was third down, when it was third and seven. When I would go by, uh, we talked about Eric Coriel a little bit. I was on some of those Eric Coriel teams. And I would go by Coriel's office, and him and Joe Gibbs would be drawing up plays. And when you look at the Redskins when they were at their best with Riggins doing the Riggo role, okay, when the Chargers were at their best with Charlie Joyner, West Chandler, Kellen Winslow, but then it was Chuck Muncie and James mm-hmm. Brooks. Chuck Muncie right. was going to the Pro Bowl with, 12, with yeah. 1,200 yards. So it was balanced on the offense. The league, the owners have decided we're going to pay wide receivers, so then we're going to pay corners. We're going to pay defensive ends, so we're going to pay offensive tackles. We're not going to pay linebackers. We're not going to pay running backs. It, it, looks, it seems very clear to me. They've decided where they want the money to go. So – there is no less of really, really good, talented running backs coming up today. It's just a matter of them saying, we want to devalue that. You know, the, the running back forever got hurt, but because the game is a little different, the running back just kept playing. Martin with the Patriots, with the Jets. He was hurt all the time. Terrell Davis was running and was half blind out there running and still running. It was just the the toughness and the nature of the game that has changed now. But trust me, there's no less of talented running backs. It's where the league has said, 
where they want to put their money and the way they want to direct the game. I think there's a great amount of disrespect to the position. How do you take a player that is 25 to 40% of your offense and then say, I don't want to pay you? How did the Giants not pay Saquon Barkley? It's just disrespectful. So the owners have decided this is where we want to put the money. This is the way we want the game to go. This is the way we can probably lessen some concussions by not running as much. But the game, I don't think the beauty of the game, the flow of the game is not as good if you don't have a running game. And I really hope they don't go completely in that direction. Okay, okay. I want you brought up something interesting, uh, Carlos, and I want to stay right with you because now we we eliminated the fullback. It seems like it's less and less for the running back. So is the linebackers next? No, the linebackers is is already done. They did that about three years ago. They stopped wanting to pay linebackers. That's why. You got one of the most talented linebackers, the kid that was with Chicago, and now with the Ravens. They wouldn't even talk to him. No, leave. Hey, go, go play with the Ravens. Uh, I, I forget what his name was. Smith? They've already devalued the linebacker. Everything's now edge rusher, offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Linebackers, running backs. We're not paying them, okay? Corners get paid. Wide receivers get paid because we're paying wide receivers. Then we got to pay the corner, the person covering them. So they've already done it, Doc. They did that about three years ago. It's just getting worse, you know? So okay. it's just – I don't think it's – I don't even think it's a trend because it's not like the players aren't being developed. Great running backs are being developed. They showed a clip on the news yesterday – they had this kid from Oklahoma. I don't even know who it was, but he looked amazing. And they were drunk. They were saying, "Look, we don't even know his name, but look how great he looks." It's not like they aren't being developed. They just don't want the game to go in that direction now because they want the money to go where they want it to go. Yeah, it's, it's hey, almost like it's, it's almost like it's a TV game. You know, like 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 television. You know, they they're playing to the television audience. And what they want is yeah. excitement. They want high-flying kind of, you know, play. <laughs> and they get that when they pass the ball. And, and, you know, corners are out there flying around and receivers are diving all over the place. And, you know, guys are flapping their hands back and forth. Uh, they don't want strategic football for television. Well, well, Tim, I'm hoping as soon as – and we're going to speak this in fruition. As soon as uh, Ricky get back in the league – the thing's gonna change. <laughs> no, listen. Hey, that's crazy, boy. Well, hey, Doug, can I add something to that? I, I, you know, yeah. I just was sitting here thinking about something. I, I love football, and I love any kind of football. I watch Kiwi football, love college football, love all this, and I and I and I watch Canadian football. But really, it's out of all of them, the my least ex, exciting to watch is Canadian. Now I'm not I'm not knocking Canadian because I played in Canada also, but what they're going to end up doing is going to Canadian football. That's basically what it is. Canadian football. How many times a running back is hard to, to for them to even pick a running back and bring him to Canada because it's it's just wide open throwing the ball, 
And I'm thinking that's what they're going to end up getting to. And to be honest with you, on a weekly basis, I don't think that's what I want to watch. And so I, I'm th- I'm hoping and praying that they don't eventually just go to where you know it's totally obsolete and we it's just a you know it's just an air attack. So, Doug, can I add something? You know, I think something to me. You know, we all love the game, and I and I think it's something very to me malicious and scary going on right now with the game. You know. There's, you know, as far as, like, with all this gambling stuff and all this money and whatever, the game is more uh, able to control through a passing game. If you're just throwing in your odds and all of that, something that just just amazed me that that just happened. There was one player out here. It's a game changer. They could just change a team's direction and change a game. DeAndre Hopkins, okay? How does DeAndre Hopkins end up going to the Titans, okay? Yeah. We don't even know who their quarterback is. They had no passing game. How does he end up there? How does he not end up in Dallas, Cleveland, Ravens, Buffalo, Great, you know, end up in a team where he could actually make a difference. He wants to win, okay? If he went to any of those teams, it would change the complexion of the team, the team's ability to win. And I think the fact that he ended up in Tennessee, we could say it was a salary cap and all that. We all know that's BS. That's You can manipulate that however you want. You can put him, give him money, back money. You can give him money and bonuses. But the fact that he ended up with not a contender saying he wanted to win, and then you end up with a team you don't even know who the quarterback is. You can say you can really change the offense, but you got the best one of the best running backs in the game, and then you get a receiver that in four years, in three years, he dropped four passes. He had a year where he dropped no passes. This kid is amazing. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, and you end up with the Titans. I think the control of that through the league's dictation of things, is scary to me. Because he could – you're going to tell if he goes to the Ravens, they aren't contenders. You go to Buffalo, where does that put them? He goes to the Chiefs, where does that put them? Dallas, where does it put them? Cleveland. You end up with the Titans? I think you showed way too much manipulation of what's going on. Well, well, Carlos, to help you out with the quarterback situation, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself and and go back. To, maybe they're gonna bring back Jerry Rome, my damn Pastorini. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, yeah, you dated yourself. <laughs> Good. The disrespect and the scary part is the more you say there's quarterbacks of colors, color, then you saying. All right, but we got somebody that can already run back there. We already got that one. We already got one of them back there running. See, this is the disrespect of the game that that's scary to me. But if you think hey, about hey, it logically, could, there's got to be something to the D-hop situation. Because we just said they pay wide receivers. Yeah. yeah. There's a gap there somewhere. Yeah. 
So what's the yeah, gap? I think this is a duck. I think that this is probably, it, and I'm not sure it was. This is a conscious decision. I know the rules changes were conscious, but this is maybe even a byproduct of the rules changes, and, and unfortunately, running backs are more obsolete than they've ever been. Um, I'm not sure it was intentional. I know the intent was to get the scores up, like some, uh, some of these guys have said, uh, so we'd have more offense, and America wants to see more offense. But I think this is, might even be, you know, unfortunately, you know, a byproduct of rule changes and uh, probably unintended and unforeseen. I don't think it's okay. unintended. I think it's all intentional. Well, <laughs> Princess, what are your thoughts? Uh, you hear what uh, Carlos said, and we, we're talking about Hopkins. What are your thoughts about him going going to the Titans? That, that is ridiculous. So we have to go back and say, well, what did this did Hopkins Hopkins offend someone with the Texans? You know, and that's where all of this really started, did it not? And then okay. I don't think he I don't think he was you know um, uh, pleased at all or satisfied at all with what the Cardinals were doing. So here he is now. But you can't tell me, and I agree with Carlos that maybe this is league wide that someone up above has decided that well you know we really don't want him and he is a problem and even right. if he has the the type of stats that Carlos is saying where he has only dropped four passes in four years he is a problem and we want to send him a message and maybe that's <laughs> where we are too that the league is collaborating more than we think or more than I want oh, to believe absolutely. that they are yes. Um, yes. To, to, yes. to go ahead and, and, and blackball another one a la Colin Kaepernick. There's got to be a reason. Otherwise, again, you don't go to the Titans where the, the quarterback situation um, is as, um, you know, unstable as it is. And, and no, Duck, Dan Pastorini, you really are dating yourself for sure. <laughs> Look, he said well, he want, wanted to I want, win. I want, I want to bring it, up, Francis, because you, you, you brought up some interesting points. And, and you guys were talking crazy. about Hopkins. And, and the Titans, but when we when it all, you know, the dust settled, it came down between the Titans and the New England Patriots, and that's mm-hmm. where it, that's where O'Brien is the offensive coordinator. So that didn't make any sense. Why would he go back to somebody that didn't like him that got rid of him? So Duck, none was of it O'Brien sense. that got rid none of him? None of it makes sense. Was O'Brien there? You're right. Yes, Carlos, oh, none of yeah, it makes oh, sense. Look, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense. You got all he said. He's not a problem. The problem is he wants to win. He can make any team a legitimate uh, contender if he went there. He goes back to his old quarterback, Deshaun Watson, in Cleveland. They look where that puts them. You go to Kansas City. Wow. You go to Buffalo. Wow. It would dictate the league too much. I think it's more diabolical mm-hmm. than we think. I think it has to do with mm-hmm. betting, structuring, organized, everything. You could call it crime or whatever, but it's how can you dictate the game then? Because he's that good. It's not that he's a problem. He wants to win. He ain't dropping passes. He had one season, he dropped no passes. I never even heard of it. You know, this yeah. guy is that good. He's not a problem. And, and yeah, he, I you guys are bringing up interesting points. You got you got him. You mean to tell me Deshaun Watson couldn't get Hopkins to the Browns? That's what uh, I'm saying, Doc. 
They didn't want any of that to happen. Yeah, Deshaun tried. Deshaun immediately said he he wanted to. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's deeper than what we think. I'm telling you, it's deeper than what we think. You can't set your betting odds in your your table if all of a sudden DeAndre Hopkins is a Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, where does that put them on the map? Juju's not there anymore. That would have been perfect fit for them. Okay? Go back to your old quarterback. Go back to Buffalo. Go to Buffalo. All of that. It made no sense. I want to ask Ricky this. My thing is I wonder how Juju got from – Pittsburgh to Kansas City on that bike. You know he, he can't drive. Ricky, <laughs> 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 you don't have a license, so help, help me understand this. He, he Ubered. It was it was an Uber driver on the bike that took him. I don't know. The, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I want to stay with you, Carlos, because I want to find out. I want to bring this up because it still bothers me, and we don't hear a lot about the, you know, CTE anymore, but we still hear that some people are getting paid, and there's still other people that have not been paid. Yeah, this this is a problem, and – you know, there was a case here in Philly where a guy had what we would consider minor knee surgery and ended up getting $30 million plus, okay? I think, you know, you know, I'm not trying to be the conspiracist or whatever here, but how does one guy get $30 million for a knee injury and then you can't get – you got neurological issues and you can't get paid at all. I think it's just a way of the league trying to say, look, we we gave out this amount of money, and they're looking at we're balancing the table. But it's not balanced in the giving across. Un, uh, for whatever reason, it always seems like the white guys get paid more between CTE, neurological, or whatever, and black players still don't get as much. I don't. I can't really say. Maybe Ricky can tell us how that works in the front office or something. But all I know is that's the way the players that I talk to, the players that I see, it never balances out. All right, Ricky. Be be honest with you. I I, I can't answer. You know, Duck. You know, I'm dealing with it now, and I have. A, it, it's so funny. It's you. I think you said um, the white players are getting play getting paid more. No, they're getting paid. You can count the black players that are even getting paid, not even yes. a small amount, but getting paid. And uh, and now they, they go on from different things. Um, you know, it was, what was it, Alzheimer's? They're trying to add that in there. And, and I mean, there's so many obstacles and, and, and things, you you know, that with this whole thing, I'm getting frustrated with it to the point that, believe it or not, if Duck hadn't said my name, I, I was just going to sit here and listen because I'm hoping that someone can say something to make me understand what's going on here because I'm, I'm just confused with it. And I think it's back to what I originally said a month ago is 
deny, deny till they die. That's what they're doing. The owners are trying, you know, they don't care about their reputation. They don't care how they're perceived. They don't care if we, you know, you know, if they die off, they're not trying the image of the NFL and the, and the so-called shield that we protect. They're not trying to do any of that. Like I said, they could put a twist on this and make it seem like the, the greatest institution in the world to work for and how they take care of their players. But they don't because they don't care. And yeah. they figure, like really? you said, you, you, you'll die off. They've paid a couple people, sprinkle some here and there, and the rest will die off. And, and before you know it, this won't even be an issue anymore. That's exactly what they want, Ricky. They want us to die off. If you think yep. there was 18,000 players in, in our time period, okay, there's been 18,000 yep. players, okay? So if you take the 18,000, you take the they, – they, they said the $650 million wasn't enough, the judge said. So then he said every case will be determined – at a max of five million. So the NFL said, "Okay, well, if you take the eighteen thousand, let's be honest, half aren't even aware of what they could get." Okay, so then you got nine million. I mean, nine thousand. Of the nine thousand, you got some guys that are so banged up that they aren't conscious of what they can even be doing. So then you lower the numbers to about five thousand to actually will get in line to actually try to get a case solved. And then the NFL go, okay, give them two, give them three, give them four. They'll end up spending less than $100 million, and then we'll all be dead by then. They just want to wait us out. Average football player dies at 55, okay? So we're beating some of those odds already. But they literally, literally want us to die, and then this will just move on. You're so right. Tim, so what, Tim, what's your thoughts on it, Tim? You, you know, you hear what Ricky and uh, and Carlos are saying. Um, uh, I'm just listening. Uh, fascinating. I'm learning uh, the perspective of guys who played in the league, and you know, I don't get. I don't know. I'm kind of like Ricky. I, I'm, I'm sort of listening and hoping somebody can make a little sense out of it. You know, because they cry money, um, but. The, and, and the fact is that the professional football team, uh, these owners do spend more on a professional football team than an NBA team or a baseball team. However, um, they have more money coming in than any other sport, too. I mean, they have, mm-hmm. they're the only sport, the only major sport in America that's on every major network. They're, they're on all of yeah. the networks. They're on ABC. They're on CBS. They're on, on Fox. They're on NBC. And they're on ESPN. I mean, no other major net, uh, sport, uh, pro sport in the country has that, that kind of situation. They've got more money coming in. So it's not a money situation, even, they, they, even though they cry that, you know, they're spending too much money. Um, there's something else going on that I agree. Carlos put his finger on it. It's insidious. It really is. And I don't know what the answer is, Duck. I really don't. Okay, Steve, uh, you, now you hear what everybody says, Steve. You know, the crazy thing about it, Steve, is that I had a partner that he went through the whole process and had a lawyer, and they even found out that he did have issues. He's mm-hmm. still waiting on this money. That's about 10 years ago. Oh, wow. You know, I, I, again, I, I can I can say what, repeat what Tim said. You know, it's, a, it's a, been a great learning uh, 
obsession for me. And but but I look at this when when all of this kind of started to hit the fan. I agree that the NFL does not want to pay these claims. How they go about doing it, you know, they got I'm sure they got a barrel of, of high profile attorneys and they probably block brothers at every turn. But I've never really thought that they were serious about concussions and CTE. They do a lot of window dressing. And the the point that I'll make, that I'll leave you with is, I'm concerned about your blows to the head. So I'm going to add another game to the season. Right, right. What kind of sense does that make? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, oh. just based wow. logic. If you want me to not take as many blows to the head, don't increase my workload. If anything, we're going to keep it the same, and I know they're not going to reduce the number of games because that's losing money, okay? That's a losing proposition. But 16 games, oh, so we're going to have 17 games now. And we're going to wear the padded helmet during training camp. It, it, are they oh, really serious? And I say no. All right, Larry, jump in here, Larry. What you got for us? Listen, listen. We need to be really honest about this. And I, pre- oh, I, I we need to be honest about this. Um, and I really appreciate the insight because there's things that I didn't even know that the media doesn't tell you about. Um, this is it's, it's several things. First of all, this is about color. Um, and, and everything that we've ever spoken about a, a lot on this show, when we spoke earlier about running backs being paid, about quarterbacks not being able to be black, if you go back in history centers, everything is about color. And, you know, unfortunately, we don't want to raise our hand and, you know, race all the time. But unfortunately, the owners are playing that card all the time. Um, There is more than enough. I've always said that football players are like gladiators, and they treat you like gladiators. They love you when you're playing. They want to take, act like they take care of you, and they care about you. And then you're – they've never really cared about you. They put us out on the field injured. They could care less. They could care less what you feel like afterwards. This comes down to a bunch of rich, unfortunately – no, fortunately. This comes down to, as a description, rich, white, powerful men who have no relations with us, could care less about us. It doesn't impact them. Anywhere in their daily lives, it never impacts them. They don't have to hear a story about it. So it's very unfortunate, but race raises its head again. Um, We could say, you know, and again, we use attorneys. You, You know, you use attorneys. You use science. We had to meet a measure to have a concussion that was two to three times that white players had. Are you kidding me? Like, literally, in the 2000s, this is not like when the world was flat and we thought, you know, human beings might be different. <laughs> We're literally having a, a, a conversation with attorneys that black folks need to meet a higher criteria for concussion. So I think we need to stop skating around the real issue. The real issue is they don't want to pay us. And unfortunately, they will hold on. And this is all about race. It is sad because the money's sitting there, by the way. Like it would take two days to have everybody paid and everybody would be fine. They're not concerned about that. The shield only matters to you guys that played in that league. 
that's who the shield matters to. Uh, the owners have a different kind of a shield. So, so Larry, I'm, I'm kind of taking offense to you saying that they don't care about us. So when they pat us on the head, that don't mean anything? <laughs> yeah, Lord. <laughs> That's exactly what that meant. That pat on the head good is boy. exactly what that meant. My God. You know, we're talking about the shield, good, good right? Boy. We're talking good about boy. honor the shield, right? So yeah. about 2017, 2018, I mentioned this before. The NFL was make, bringing in about 10 to $12 billion at the time. They made a public statement. By 2024, yeah. we want to be earning $20 billion. Since they made that statement, we want to be earning $20 billion, you have not heard any honor the shield, any kind of loyalty to anything, it's all about a money grab. It's all about it a is. money chase now because all the social issues that are coming into the game, women not being in game, being in ownership, uh, minorities not being in ownership, all of this was happening. So the NFL was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to change. And I said it, and you're going you're gonna to see owners leaving, young people coming, their kids don't want it. Give me my money. Let me go do something else. And so it's changing slowly the ownership. But by next year, the NFL will be between 20 and $22 billion earning. Just what they said. And nothing to do with honor any shield of any of that. Any of that. That's not the issue anymore. Wow. Is, is Carl, is there anything that legally – yeah, I know you're closer to it than most of us. Are there anything legally that's holding up that we can't move forward or that needs to be done in order for this to just be resolved? You mean with the money distribution? With, yes. Well, it, it, it literally is, Larry, the, the waiting game. When they got the court, when the judge said $650 million wasn't enough, then they said, okay, we're going to take this trial case by case. Listen to what's happening. You got about nine, ten thousand players. You're going to take case by case. Even if you did that, that might wow. take you 12 yeah. to 15 yeah. years. How many yeah. of us are going to be dead by that time? That's what they want. They want us to die, and it will go away. So that part they won't have to pay out, and then they'll keep – earning their money and selling the Denver Broncos for $6.5 billion and selling the commanders for whatever they sell for. And it's all about them just earning their money, period. And it's nothing for us to do. There's no recourse because it's already been in the court system. No recourse. From what what, what I understand is you can't pass this on. It's not like if, if Ricky Porter passed on, uh, wow. He has a case. Uh, his wife and kids are going to get that. It's it's, no. it's no Gary. That that just ends it right there. And what I found out also, right. every year that this goes on, that we're fighting this. If I'm not mistaken, you lose about fifty thousand dollars, from what I understand. You know that price comes down. Now, from what I understand, is the maximum that you can get is two point five. And if you get that two point five. 
I'm not making fun of people, but they basically saying you're sitting in a wheelchair bent over, drooling out your mouth. That's what you'd have to be to get that much. The average person, you might get a mil to 1.5 if you get it. But we if you like, get, think about, like I said, if we, if we get it and as time goes on, every year yeah. fighting this, it reduces the older you get. And I've been wow. fighting this for I don't know how many years, so I, I'm just frustrated with it. Don't, is this something that can go here. to the Supreme Court? Yeah, don't go. Yeah, please don't. Is this something that can go to the Supreme Court? Oh, the, um, is this something no, that could be litigated outside? Well, it went to the Supreme Court, if I'm not mistaken, in Philadelphia. When, when it went, when the judge said the $650 million wasn't enough to take care of 18,000 players, and then it We'll go case by case up to $5 million. And that's where it was left. So the issue really is in the the money is in the neurological disorder. That's where they stockpile right. the money. So if you get a doctor to sign off that you have neurological problems, you just go, you get in, it's like a bracket. You got dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever, X amount a month, that's what you get. Next case, and that's it. There's not really a lot of back wow. and forth. The fact that they settled wow. that case in Philly was really a slap in the face. They settled the case with something like $35 million. This guy played for like maybe two years and he had. Years. He was a punter. And, and he I'm had a knee injury. He, he yeah, had a knee injury, Doc. He had what the surgery I had three times, he had <laughs> one time. Yeah. And yeah. got $35 wow. million. Dollars. Yeah. How do, you, wow. how do you figure that out? It's crazy. They just Ridiculous. decided who they wanted to give the money to to say, look, we've given players $40 million. We've get, but we gave one. Thirty-five million dollars, and we gave the other fifteen hundred players divided five million dollars. Like it's ridiculous. NFL always wins. They always win because everybody (laughs) wants to be a part of the NFL. Down from governors to judges to mayors, everybody wants to be a part. Give me tickets, please. Thank you. That's all they want. Do you you have a you have a question for Carlos or Ricky because we're we're coming to an end and I hear a couple other things I want to discuss but I'll save them for the next time. So what what do you have, Princess, and uh, then take us out? Well, um, I could go in two different directions, and I think I want to go back. Um, I said I didn't want to do this, but I want to talk about um, Bob Huggins again. Um, because I, I just oh, can't oh. let this one go. No, oh, no, no. no. Um, you, you gave the mic to me. You can't take the mic back. You sounding like Ricky. All right, go ahead. Get, get and I'm going to start with you, with, with you, Larry Tisdale, and Bob Huggins, who now yeah. says that um, his wife sent a text and said that he resigned. He never resigned. There was no official paperwork, oh. and he wants his job back, 
And if he does not get his job back, he is going to sue. And you, we all know that the trustees and the president of the University of West Virginia, they have to separate themselves from Bob Huggins at this time, especially with the DUI, let alone the fact that he said on a radio show that he called Notre Dame and, and all of them Christian faggots. So your yeah. thoughts about Bob Huggins and I'm the late. dilemma that this <laughs> Alleged. There he is. Um, and the dilemma that West Virginia finds himself in, an ugly one is that, and we all know that there were incidents that happened that did not get out of the state of West Virginia. They were able to keep those, um, yeah. you know, out of the public. Your thoughts, Larry Tisdell, and I'll go down the road. This is, like, this is so sad, and it's it's to everything that we ever speak about, and this is white privilege, um, because you can't do this as a black coach. Uh, you couldn't get away with all these incidents and, and all these infractions. Um, so it's unfortunate. And, it, you know, I don't want our listeners or anybody here think that everything that I'm talking about is race, but everything that we're talking about is race. You know, <laughs> to do the things that you have did, everything that you have done. And, and listen, you could sit on and listeners on the, you know, I got friends and listen, I got white listeners, sit down and listen to what's happening. And you put this on paper and you probably come up to the same daggone conclusion. Like, how in the world can you have these type of infractions with these young men that you're supposed to be taking care of and be a role model for, and then talk your way out of it, and then turn it around to become offensive if you don't give me what I want, even though I did what I did? I'm going to sue you. So, again, this is, this is, this is white privilege. It's unfortunate. There is no honor in the game that we play. All the things that we talk about are businesses right now, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. West Virginia has to do something, though, and wipe their hands clean of him. Don't you think, Ricky Porter? Yes, I do. Um, I, I really do. And if they try to hold on to him right now, uh, I think it's bad. Uh, you know, my, my my rant is 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 like it's not black and white, but it but it is. Um, because I mean, what, what you're doing, it, it, but also when you come up to a situation like this with someone, wasn't it all about who were the guys? I know when both of my sons went to college, I wanted to know who they were playing for. I wanted to sit down with that coach and talk to yeah. him and see what kind of person I'm sending him to. Because for the next four years, you, I'm putting my son, my sons in your hands. And I'm saying th- this right now, is, it, and it really isn't about black and white. It's about, well, I did say it is about black and white, but it is because white kids and black kids are going to be under this guy and being coached by this guy and being groomed by this guy. And I'm saying if you're not doing the right things, how, how, how does anybody, black or white, want this guy representing them, or how do they want him representing their university. So something has to be done. Yeah. Carlos Bradley, a lot of his former players have come to his defense and said he was there for them. Um, and, you know, the program is really going to miss them. They were willing to forgive him. Your thoughts about this? And then I'm coming your way, Steve Thornton. He is probably a player's coach when he's in front of them. But then he would say and act and do the opposite in other situations, look at it. I mean, you know, we say white privilege, but he's just, they would look at it like, oh, he's just a good old boy. He's doing, 
it the way he knows or it's it's just passing the buck and it's not right. And I think the university definitely has to take a stand. Mm-hmm. And and the players that are coming forward, I mean, that's because that's the side they saw of him. That wasn't him all the time. Problem. In the in the locker room they said Gruden was a player's coach too. But what did he say <laughs> when he wasn't in the locker room? Yeah. He patted yeah. you on yeah. the same thing about said the same thing about <laughs> Buddy Ryan. And he was oh my goodness, please. Um, Steve Thornton, your, your your thoughts. To me, um, Bob Huggins looks like he drinks, and, and and I'm not really trying to be funny, but he has that look. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. You know, I concur with what most have said about Bob. Uh, WVU has let him go, has fired him, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yes. And an interim coach has been hired. They've done with yes. Pardon? And an interim coach has been hired. Yes. Yeah, so, so they've done what they need to do. Secondly, he says he'll sue. I'm sure they have an army of lawyers, and they, if, if something, if he had any validity to his case at all, they'll pay him off. They were probably going to pay him a big, big old lump sum anyway. When they get fired, all of them get millions of dollars to go. Mm-hmm. And And the third thing, though, is, it's not what you say, it's what you do. And, you know, what he has done has been pretty bad. I thought he should have got fired when he made the comments about Notre Dame. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not what you hear coaches yeah. on the radio doing. Exactly. And I thought he should have fired And the other thing is, will, will he be recycled? Because they always get another chance. Oh, yeah. 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 If he sits out a year, everybody will forget and he'll move on. Tim Moore, I want to come to you with this, and then I want to talk. The last question is Patrick Gerald at Northwestern. But, Tim, your thoughts on Huggins and how much that we don't know and and how much of that has come out. This is his last chance. There's no way that West Virginia is going to rehire him and get approval through the trustee board, right? Oh, he's done at West Virginia. He's done at West Virginia. And I'm just sort of, you know, taking odds on how long that marriage is going to last. Uh, you know, can you imagine what he's calling his wife and what she's calling him? Sound uh, like four <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not the kind of foreplay I want, but okay, what do I know? Precious, that, that <laughs> Northwestern thing, that's going to be a whole show by itself. That's some deep stuff going on there. Wow. Wow. We want to save that then for next time? Yeah. Or anybody want to, want to talk about no, that at all? We need to save that because that's too deep. That's, <laughs> that, could be, that could be Penn State Chapter 2. Wow. 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 We'll you. save that, Duck. I'm telling we'll, you. We'll have to come back real soon and, and talk about that and dive into uh, it because <laughs> – we we've all been congratulating Pastor Dill. Yes, yes, Tim. I think it was you. No, I just, I just think this is terrible that y'all would talk about Huggins. Huggins, a <laughs> Huggins never said never said anything racist. Never tell a racist joke. You know, only time maybe once he, he said that. Uh, Doug, Asian, are you okay? Look, a, a Latino, <laughs> a black, and a white went up on top of the mountain. Asians jumped off. Said, "This is for my people." Latino said it jumped off. This is for my people. So Huggins, he grabbed the black guy, threw him off. Said, "This is for my people." 
<laughs> Only you, Doug. Only you. Oh, it's correct. Only you. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody want to touch Tessa Gerald? If not, we'll leave it for next week or the next time we can get you guys together. Yeah, let's save it. Okay. Yeah, that's, a, that's right. a good one to save. That's a good one. We've been congratulating Fitzgerald, though, and the, the impact of his program and how he's turned it around. And little did we yeah. know so much going on behind Now we know how. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sure, so sure. Francis, before we go, though, honestly, and I was just playing about hugging they, they need. I'm, I'm telling you, it's a conspiracy theory going on. Ducky, and for some reason, you seem to be exposed to all of those conspiracy theories. You don't, you don't, you don't think this is just straight, straightforward. He got drunk, he drove the car, they caught him and arrested him. You don't think it's as straightforward as that? No, because he went across the West Virginia line to Pennsylvania. And you know how that them Panthers feel about anybody from West Virginia. No, no, I, I really arrested him. <laughs> a pit oh, policeman no. arrested him. <laughs> yes, uh, there you go, Princess. I, I'm serious. That's who it was. He, he was a guy that worked. The, he worked the game for him. Gentlemen, oh, otherwise, no. it's been an awesome show, a very seat. intelligent show. I'm sorry that Duck messed it up at the end, but until then, <laughs> <laughs> we've had a really good show. Tim Moore. I thought, I, thought, I thought Tim and Steve would back me up. Man, y'all, oh, my goodness. I need new homeboys. I need new homeboys. The friend of the old granddad in the back seat. Just <laughs> 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 even for Tim and Steve, there's only so far they're going to go with you. <laughs> for sure. All right, Steve Thornton, Duck Riley, Tim Moore, Ricky Porter, um, Carlos Bradley, did I get everybody? And Larry Tisdale, I say the best for last. Thank you, gentlemen, oh. for being on. Um, this was really yeah, good. This was really good, for sure. Yes, you was. all have a great uh, week, you. okay? All right, never had it so good. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 p.m. with Kevin Walker and Eric, Eric Scott with Sports Talk with K-Walk. We'll see you then. Be good.